Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this edition of Nobody Likes Recruiters. This is a podcast for you if you want to ace your recruitment game and attract the greatest talent there is out there to attract. And remember to give this podcast a like, share, subscribe, do all those good things because it really helps with the algorithms. In this episode, this is a very special episode today. As you can see, that's not Steve there. Uh, those of you that are watching, that's Alex. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk specifically about the industrial manufacturing and engineering sectors okay so this is a podcast if you're listening uh, to this podcast and you're looking for advice on how to attract the best talent in those sectors specifically then you're going to get a lot of goodness from this podcast trust me i am um, a trustworthy man aren't i lee you are indeed mate you are indeed thank you for joining us out yes thank logic's you now, leading lady logic's leading lady what a title yes. aren't you logic's only lady yeah okay logic's well default but, <laughs> true but it's, it's not <laughs> fake it's news <laughs> it's not fake news right Al. so uh, just before we get into this i think what would be great would be for you to give the listeners and the viewers a bit of an insight into who you are why you're in authority to talk about recruitment in those in those areas yeah okay so i started in recruitment roughly about 17 years ago um 17 yeah. years ago Even longer than steve and i that yeah. <laughs> for us yeah. really so you're a veteran then. yeah absolutely. you don't look it yeah. absolutely um sort of fell into it really um i think you find a lot of recruiters fall yeah. into recruitment it's not not a given chosen career these days is it so <laughs> We, uh, I started off being made redundant, I was in a position of being made redundant from my job, so I did the, the tour of the recruitment agencies and stumbled on one that was actually recruiting themselves for a receptionist. So I started there and just basically worked my way up from the bottom, learnt all the ins and outs of compliance and administration, payroll and the temporary worker side mm-hmm. of things. So most of my career has been temp. Okay. I temp recruitment until I've worked with Logic, which now yeah. solely is permanent recruitment. Um, but it's all been industrial engineering, manufacturing, mm-hmm. HGV, anything that's, you know, make it work, make it happen. The heavy lifting. It's well, quite interesting because, Al, you're the first person that we brought into the team that's come from uh, an agency recruitment yeah. background, isn't yeah. it? So, so as you know, Steve and I, Nathan, all done internal recruitment before. Yeah. We're a generalist agency. Um, and we did recruit for manufacturing engineering, but we kind of lacked that that in depth skill set, which is why, um, which is one of the reasons why we looked for somebody with with so much knowledge in the area. But also, you know, the fact that you've come from from an agency background was, uh, you know, you know, you know, has helped add additional string string to a bow, really. Yeah. Just uh, on this then, so culturally, have you noticed a big difference now recruiting? For permanent staff, and then working um, in this, you know, this side of the tracks, as opposed to for for yeah. an agency, and, yeah. you know, hammering the the uh, the ball or whatever the the yeah. rep, you know, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> lower terms, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. There's huge differences, like the pace of recruitment, um, the, the type of recruitment you do, how you recruit. Um, there's so many differences between temp and perm. Um, knowing like the candidates. You, you, like there's a term that you put bums on seats yeah. in, in a temp world and so not like that with permanent you're recruiting for someone's next stage of a life as of course you know it's important to the candidate that you get in their right place to work as much as it's important for the employer to have the right candidate so there's a lot of different factors in the difference in temp and permanent recruitment and if you think Adam so an employer if you if we were recruiting for yourself mm. A temp uh, employee that you were going to take on, you know, you'll just pay them an hourly rate. The fees generally paid through the agency. 
you could finish that employee the next day. There's generally not a great deal of risk from yourself. If you're recruiting for a permanent employee, generally there's a big lump sum. You're invested in that employee. So the recruitment process mm-hmm. has to be a lot more in depth. You're taking a bigger risk with the temp employee. They'll fall under your payroll as a business. Whereas temps, they can just be seen as a bit kind of transactional. Yeah. I need five temps starting tomorrow for, I don't know, three yeah. months, six month period. They're there just to fill a gap you know, holiday sickness cover, for example, or, you know, a bit of backlog there to do, you know, a bit of a job, whereas a permanent employee is there to, to make the business move forward. So we'll, we'll move on from this point in a second, but I just want to just dive a little bit deeper. So when you're recruiting for somebody who's a temporary member of staff, I suppose you're not thinking so much about whether or not they're the perfect cultural fit. You just kind of think, have they got the skill set? Can they come in and hit the ground? Absolutely. Yeah. At all. And sometimes even a good skill set is not something that you have to go in such detail with. You know, it's sometimes take a warehouse operative, for example, have they worked in a warehouse? Yes. Can they order pick? Yes. Send them in the next day. Mm. Are they available? Yes. It does come down to a lot of transaction it's just mm. transaction with um, temps and uh, employees with the temp side of things so, so Al, oh sorry mate how did you find then the, the the transition to coming and working for logic when all we know is internal recruitment so we're quite robust anyway in terms of the process you you've generally recruited temps in the past how, how did you find coming onto a permanent only agency was it quite a big big learning it was a bit a big step to be honest at first i was a little bit naive thinking it'd be really easy to to transition from temp to perm and it isn't it's not at all um and i remember when i left um my company and said i was going to perm recruitment it's a different kettle of fish and it is You you don't think it is but it really is did they try and talk you out of it yeah, 100%, yeah. But that's because they didn't want me to leave, yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, but, yeah, it's really different. I I was a little bit naive to think it would be quite easy. And it, it, it my skill set of knowing what I was doing made it easy, but the whole different way of recruiting was as, was a learning curve for me um, and learning how to, to, to recruit more in permanent terms than temp terms, really. Great. Okay, well, good question, by the way. Are you sure you need to make it? Yeah, you should take yeah, over from here. I'm gonna, I'll do the question. <laughs> So as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is specifically about manufacturing, uh, industrial engineering type um, sectors. Is that the right word to use? Would you say sectors or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because I was asking you before the show, wasn't I? I was saying, is there like a a catch-all phrase that I can use for these three industries? Um, And you were like, not really. Uh, So, okay. So what what is it though? Because another thing we want to do as well is just kind of hone in a little bit on Soak on Trend. Don't worry if you're listening and you think, well, I'm not, I don't work in Soak on Trend. It's, you're still going to get plenty of value from this. It's just there. I think you'll be probably giving examples of the yeah. situation in the local area, yeah. but that's probably relevant for most parts of Britain, one would assume. So um, what what is it about this this area that you quite enjoy then? Um, a lot of it is local heritage more than anything. I'm from Stoke, you know, we live in Stoke, the, the Stoke people. Uh, most of them are all nice to, to work mm. with and deal with, happy, friendly people. And... This is a bit of the geeky side of me, really. I like to know that what we make and what we do take pottery. You know, it's a big thing for Stoke-on-Trent and we've dealt with a lot of pottery firms dealing with, you know, the basic labourers, kiln operatives to, to some quite high up people in, you know, financial director state. Well, it's like what Stoke-on-Trent does and contributes to the UK economy and manufacturing business mm. and some things you wouldn't believe are manufactured in, in Stoke-on-Trent that end up 
you know, in an aeroplane, for example, and things like that. And it's just like, wow, we've made that. that yeah. That's what, a bit geeky, you know, but it well, when we were out on the phone um, and she's talking, you know, taking a brief from a client or speaking to a candidate, all these different terminologies and words that go completely over my head. But you can tell she's dead excited about it. And, and I think you are, you, you do geek out a bit. We, mm-hmm. we were talking before about how stuff works, how stuff's made. You like yeah. to go down little rabbit holes, don't mm-hmm. you really get any intricacies? Yeah. And if I don't know it, I go out and research it. And then I'm sitting on YouTube watching videos of, you know, for example, somebody asked me for someone that's done subspindling and I've not seen it exactly used. So that was, I went into it and looked at yeah. it and had a look at how it was done. So that when I'm talking to a candidate, I know that they are a skilled in that sector and they understand it themselves as well so i'm matching the right skill set as well but so it has two two benefits really that's yeah. that's a really nice point actually mm-hmm. going so that's a tangible bit of advice if you're recruiting in this area or you've been asked to recruit in this area you may be not familiar with mm-hmm. these different terms to mm-hmm. go and actually do that and that's the beauty now of youtube isn't it you can probably go on search that term and there'll be multiple videos of people that do yeah. that job, yeah. telling you about what's what's actually involved. Um, well, I was always like under the impression, so working internal recruitment, we recruited everything, um, take phones for you, for example, sales, marketing, IT, finance. So you do become a jack of all trade, but a master of none. And I was very much under the impression of, you know, a good recruiter can recruit for any sector to a certain degree mm-hmm. until you joined. And then... I realised there was so much that I didn't know about manufacturing and engineering. And although I can speak to a candidate and assess the skill set, the motivations, you know, are they on the right career trajectory? There's so many other things that there's Mm -hmm. a different layer of expertise that I can go with in manufacturing and engineering that takes it to that next level. So what makes an expert, what makes a good recruiter in this area? What kind of attributes and skill sets do you think that someone has to have to be able to identify that that great talent? A few things really, I think. Um, Knowing your companies is, is, is is a good thing. Knowing what they do, what they make, which, you know, once I've built a relationship up with, with a client and been to site is, is one of the big important things going in. She loves getting seeing, a hard hat on, don't you? Love putting my yeah. safety boots on. Love <coughs> I it. wasn't what you yeah. were going to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, love putting my safety boots on, going to site and seeing the machines, machines work and things that go along with that as well. So knowing what a company does. And knowing that somebody's worked at X company is the same as this company mm. is easier than to match the skill set up with with the client, the, the, the candidate. Um, knowing as well that um, your expert knowledge in the area, mm. you know, your expert knowledge of the companies, what they do, expert knowledge going into more detail again of a machine, there's different things, operators, setters, programmers. Somebody comes to you and asks you for a machine op well, what kind of a machine op do you want is the next question. Most people would then just send a machine op to them and it's like, oh, I don't need this guy because he can't yeah. program. So that's the detail you have to know to go into. So it's just knowing knowing your stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. company calls us and asks for a welder. Yeah. There's 10 different types of welders that make TIG. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could probably keep going on with the list. There's very much, you know, a lot of, a lot of intricacies, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. A lot more than, I mean, you, this is very enlightening for me because there's a lot of things here that you're talking about, different types of welders. And yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to know, is, is there a is there a certain personality type or the certain traits that you look for in a candidate where you think, yeah, they've got the knowledge, but these traits don't lend themselves necessarily that well to this area or not? Um, I'll put you on the spot with that one. I don't but. think so. I think because I've got to know my client, the person that they are, I'll get to know their 
team leaders, their managers will get to know who they're working with and the team that's in place. If somebody's got the skill, but not the right attitude maybe, or you know the right approach, then I'll know that they're not the right person for that job. I wouldn't put them forward for someone if they've got different opinion on how things should be done, for example, or they say to me, you know, the reason they left the last job, I fell out with management. We dig into that a little bit deeper. And, yeah. you know, so it does all come down to getting to know your candidates on a personal level as well. Building. And they are the differences, aren't they, Al, I think, between temp and permanent mm-hmm. recruitment. Yeah. We, we, we build it into the process to dig a little bit deeper. So would you say the quality of candidate that you would get for a permanent member of staff is... Is probably different than, than a temporary member of staff, isn't it? Really? 100%, yeah. So, for example, if there's a recruiting a temp welder, temp, temp make welder, so you'd get a client come in, I need a welder Monday to Friday, this is the pay rate. So you'd, you'd get a welder Monday to Friday, they go two weeks, not no good for this job, they can't do it because you're not trained to ask the, the intricate questions, yeah. the more detail. Whereas when we're doing a job brief, we're permanent. I'm usually on site, I'm looking at what they're welding and because I've done it for so long, I can see that they're just a spot welder. They're yep. just doing little bits of welding or yep. they're, they're quite a, you know, a coded welder, which has got different codes to it as well. So you need to know to ask these questions of coded welders. They can assess their work or uh, they can just put the work on for someone else to assess. So it's knowing all these questions of what the mm-hmm. client wants to ask. So companies that are just on an endless cycle of recruiting temp after temp mm-hmm. after temp, a temp being in for three weeks, and then temps are more likely to move, aren't they, for 50p more, they'll take the next temp mm-hmm. job. They'd probably be better off, you know, investing a bit more in an up- upfront cost and getting somebody yep. long-term into the yep. business who they can grow, develop, yep. and take that role on. Yeah, Now, I was, over my morning coffee this morning, I, um, I loaded up YouTube, um, we've already made reference to this and I was doing my own research ahead of the pod and I was specifically looking at engineering and there was a guy that did a video and he was talking about some of the issues at the moment with engineering and it sounds like um, we've spoken about this at length on this podcast especially you know 2020 COVID it's mm-hmm. you know, a bit of an sometimes there's a bit of an issue with um, attrition now in this area so what advice have you got to maybe business owners in terms of how how forget the 10 people for a second those permanent hires how what things can they do to make sure that the hire sticks around? Are there, yeah. there certain things they should be looking for in the recruitment process, Al, do you think? Um well to attract the right candidate, it's got to be right for the candidate as well. Um so you know, to, to recruit a lot of people, you know, we've touched on this on previous pods, don't advertise properly and things like that. This is what we'd support them with. I'd go in and support on how to advertise correctly, etc. Yeah. But to, to keep your candidate in, you need to invest in them. So not just invest in the recruitment process, invest in the candidates, the onboarding side of a lot of people have noticed is to, to complete, don't they, with um, recruitment. So and mm. keep onboarding. A lot of people don't speak to someone once they've offered till four months, four weeks down the line, they've yeah. not spoke to them. So keep in touch with them on a weekly basis or get them excited about joining your company. Um, you know, Keep an eye on market trends. Am I paying my guys mm. the right rate of pay? Um, it's, it's quite hourly rate in engineering manufacturing is, is an hourly rate. So salaries come with the more technical jobs. So keep an eye on your hourly rates. So are you paying your guys the right market rate, what mm. they're worth? 
because like Lee touched on earlier, they will move for slightly different rates, higher rates. Um, I had a, a counter offer last last week um, for a, a gentleman who wanted to leave his current company. Um, they offered X amount of pounds. So you know, his, his company then offered him two pound more to stay. So he stayed. Mm. And if they just valued that person in the first place and paid the two pound extra, they would never have had to go through that process. He would never be thinking about wanting to leave. Yeah. It'd call, it'd just stop a lot of, you know, situations developing. Just, you know, are you paying your candidates right? It's highly competitive at the minute. Mm. Yeah. There's a massive, there's a massive skill shortage in, Huge. in skilled labor. Yeah. So there is, it has created a lot of competition in the market, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Um, what I always say is, first of all, it's always cheaper to retain your current staff than go out there and recruit. And, mm. and a lot of times people do come to us because- And less riskier as well, because you yeah. know yeah. that person. Yeah. Yeah. You're investing yeah. in them, you'd like to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. And, and a lot of times where when engineering or manufacturing um, clients come to us, it's because somebody's left one of the machines, they've left it till the last minute. And then if that machine's not being operational, then that's going to have a massive in, impact cost. on the output. Yep. Yeah, cost impact. Um, they are very reactive with mm-hmm. the recruitment then. And as such, they can't then go out and recruit somebody with the right attitude that they could train. They just say, we need somebody to come in and hit the ground running, which yeah. then means, you know, if you want somebody fully skilled, all singing, all dancing, your window of who you can recruit is quite narrow. Um, and then you're forced into this yeah. inflated salary. Whereas if they were a little bit more proactive mm-hmm. um, in, you know, forecasting ahead, bringing somebody in with the right attitude mm-hmm. and then training them up on the system, then, you know, they'd be in a lot better position. Yeah. Alison, something really interesting though, where you were talking about, um, you know, again, ha- keeping these guys around and, yeah. and investing in them. And also I think, and you said, uh, keeping an eye on market trends, that's massive because mm-hmm. then you can communicate to your guys, potentially actually, you've actually got it good here. Because yeah. if you know that, the other companies out there are only paying this much. Yeah. You might be paying slightly above that. Yeah. If you've also got a dial in on, on how they're being treated, those yeah. staff, if they there is an offer that comes in, you can say, well, actually, you, you, you know, you've been... you prepared. You, yeah, you be, yeah, you're prepared, so you're aware. Yeah. Whereas if you're not Absolutely. aware of what your competition are doing in terms yeah. of how they're investing in their staff, you're like, you think, you know, you've got the best job in the world. And this must yeah. happen a lot, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And then actually it turns out that if you extrapolate that against the entire market, you, it's not a great proposition yeah. to yeah. work for this company and there are yeah. better options out there. And, and it's, it's a good thing for us to have in our armory as recruiters as well. So a lot of companies approach us to recruit and go, I don't know what to pay them. And that's where we have to come in and say, well, we know at the moment average market rates for this is this amount. Mm. Um and we can, you know, can provide evidence to back that up as well. But knowing in the area, in an engineering company, for example, mm. what a CAD technician has paid, someone comes to me and say, I want a CAD technician for £30,000 that's got 10 years experience. I can say straight away, that's not going to happen, Mr. Client, because, you know, current market is dictating 45, 50 minimum for, you know, five years less than that experience. People are jumping straight out of mm. university as a junior on 30, 40K salaries. So this this just shows how we can, you know, have an impact into yeah. a, a recruitment process knowing our industries because as well as we do. They can be bad, some of your smaller manufacturing engineering companies, um, particularly smaller ones, that they only have a look at what's out there when they need somebody. So if it's not, if it's been, you yeah. know, 
two or three years since the last hire. Well, we've had COVID, we've had recession, everything's changed since then. But it's a good example, actually, Al, of the um, ceramic company that you went into. Yeah. It was, was it was the, F, the FDU who yeah. wanted a role recruiter? Yeah, they, they wanted their, one of their um, high senior management was retiring, so they wanted a replacement for him. Um, but when I went in and sat down with them, we discussed and I quickly realised that what they were looking for was not going to be out there. This factory manager did everything um, and they were very, very lucky to have him on board. He's been there for about 50 years yeah. and one of those employees that just could run the, yeah. you know, knew everything inside he out. He did. He did like 15 hour days, five days a week. So he did everything from opening to closing and all in between. So they were never going to recruit anybody on what they were looking for, especially for the salary as well. So we had to look at the company structure and how we could maybe possibly work in two different job roles. And I advised how a different person, maybe head of this and head of this, would have the impact of doing both mm-hmm. jobs, but also implicating other sides of the business into that role as well. So it had a, a massive business spread impact to how their business was then mm-hmm. functioning moving forward. Um, so it was just the advice that I could sit and give them. They didn't even realise what, what they were dealing with at the time. I understand. So we've spoken about some of the other challenges at the moment, i.e. shortages of staff, which is par for the course, I think, for most yeah. most industries yeah. right now. Are there any? Are there anything else that we can think of in terms of these challenges that the, the guys listening might be going through at the moment, in terms of recruiting in these areas? Is there anything else that they should be thinking about um, that springs to mind or not in terms of challenges? I think, um, like, you know, we discussed like salary and, and, and keeping your, 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 your employees active in, in your, your company. I think as well, um, like when you're offering, you know, if you're doing some recruitment and you're offering, don't, don't what you've discussed as lowballing before in any, you know, yeah. podcast lowballing, you know what they're worth, pay them what they're worth. Don't take the risk and think, Do you know, I'm going to pay them a couple of, Quid extra lower than what they're, they're worth. Just Does so that, is that save. a common thing that happens yeah. in this yeah. area? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. And it happens with some of the bigger firms as well. Yeah. Anything to cut costs down. Mm. But one of the most valuable things in a company is your employee. Yeah. You know, you, they, they you, what they put in is what what you're yeah. valuing them as at. So some some people sit there and think, well, I don't get paid for this. Why should I do that? But somebody who's been paid what they're worth will go to the ends of the earth for the company. Yeah. So, you know, mm. just, just don't go in thinking that I can get this guy cheaper when when you can't. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that speaks to the lack of availability of good staff as well. Yeah. I mean, this is certainly yeah. a time not to be playing yeah. those games, isn't it? My, my advice on on that would be and the companies that I see that are doing really really well mm-hmm. and you can tell the companies that do really well because you know they've got a great reputation and they don't regularly sort of recruit at the senior level is to somehow develop a great employer brand but also get youngsters excited manufacturing and engineering is seen as something that's not Quite sexy. sexy nowadays, is yeah. it like you know, they all want know, to be, you, yeah. Well, yeah, to some to some people, and there are some companies that do it really, really well. And you can t- you can see from the advertising campaigns that the branding that they put out there, the, the the work on LinkedIn that they do to make it exciting. Yeah. And they have a constant flow of and getting apprentices Apprentice, is, yeah. is tricky, it's, but they somehow make they've somehow carved attractive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like an attractive proposition. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, maybe it's more of it is more of a branding thing. It is hundred percent. Like the industry yeah, is, yeah. is actually interesting, and it's quite a prestige. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're creating engine parts for Airbuses or whatever, that's yeah. like a cool job. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. an important job. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that keeps civilization ticking, you know? Yeah. So but that, that, you've just said that from a marketeer. Another way of looking at it, the less sexy way is, oh, look, it's a massive, big, dirty warehouse with yeah. loads of machines going into yeah. cold. And <laughs> I prefer to put a headset on and do something in front of YouTube. But yeah, so it's marketing. There's two, two sides of the coin to look yeah. at it. Yeah. And businesses do it well, put that sort of spin on it. Interesting. Uh, and they are the ones that are, you know... I am available for... <laughs> <laughs> so if you need to make... Your industry sexy, yeah. yeah. Just hit me up. <laughs> I'm your guy. Logic spin off podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, this has been really, really insightful. Have we got anything that we want to add? Is anything I've, I've not asked you, Al, or not? Because you've, uh, you've, you've done a great job. Yeah. You've done a great job. Really, really insightful. I, um, I think. Um, do you want to just give us like quick, quick synopsis then? Once you get going talking about what you enjoy, you don't, yeah. you don't shut up about it, do you? And, I do enjoy, I, get, I enjoyed, like Lisa, getting me with his vest and boots on, going out to site and, um, you know, meeting people mm. and looking at them and looking what they do. It's it's enjoyable. And that's why, at least, every track company should try to get across to the younger generation. It's not all about gaming and, and you yeah. know, SEO and everything nowadays. We still need people to make things. You know, we still need people to manufacture. You still need somebody to make you know, the, the cameras that we're filming on, the, the keyboards that you're gaming on and everything. Yeah. And that's only done in a manufacturing environment. Yeah. For, I think for, for me, again, I'm kind of a de facto listener here um, because I didn't know anything about this and I'm learning as I'm going. But one of the best bits of advice that you, you gave, you've given to the audience is to actually get out there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to recruit in this area and you don't already work in it, you know, we're not talking about a business owner in this area. We're talking about someone that's maybe been asked to recruit. Get out there and actually... Mm-hmm submerge yourself in the culture of a company yeah. and what the job entails because yeah. this isn't something you can really do from afar and I think that's yeah. a testament to you that you've managed yeah. to do that yeah definitely um, and invest in training a lot of companies skip the training side and think training on the job in, in engineering and manufacturing industrial is is okay but actually sit sit your candidates down in a classroom and show them why it's important to know all the boring bits and mm. why it's important to learn the health and safety side of things and you know, if you have accident, there's been an accident on site locally, hasn't there? Unfortunately, um, you know something's something's happened to someone. And whereas with your with your younger generation coming through, as much as as, as an older generation in place, retraining is a huge thing as well. It's all about investing in in your mm. in your workforce and teaching them everything that they could possibly know. It'll only benefit your company moving forward. Cool. Okay, I think we should awesome. wrap up then on that. Yeah. No, that was that was excellent. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do uh, drop a, any comments underneath if you've got any thoughts or opinions on what has been discussed in the podcast. Uh, very well done to Alex. Awesome. Your first appearance on Nobody Likes Recruiters, so well done. And uh, was that a, that was that was I caught that in the corner of my eye. For those of you uh, who had only listened to this, the guys just attempted to high five and it went dramatically wrong. They're both better at recruiting. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, so once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time on Nobody Likes Recruiters. Bonk.